Hello, and welcome to the Burning Issue podcast. My name is Luke Walsh, and I'm the editor of the website EndsWasteAndBioEnergy.com, which focuses on the energy recovery and biomass sectors. In this episode, I'm looking around the energy from waste sector and speaking to a business that supplies to those constructing facilities themselves. Mar Contracting is a family-owned and operated company in the business of supplying cranes, which we've all seen over construction sites wherever you live. But when you're moving heavy bits of equipment like, say, grates and furnaces around sites, the right crane is very important. Mar, which is based in Australia but also has a Northern Hemisphere office in London, is uniquely placed to be able to talk about the market for EFW builds and whether it sees the market increasing or maybe even shrinking going forward. I also understand it's recently won some business in the EFW sector and I'll try and see if its managing director, Simon Marr, will give us some details about the new potential contracts. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello, Simon. Thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Luke. I think this is actually a burning issue record because you're joining us from Australia today, aren't you? Yeah, I am indeed. Yeah, it's uh, obviously uh, early evening here and uh, early morning in, uh, in the UK. And I think that beats our previous distance record, which was Belgium by quite some ways. (laughs) Thank you very much for staying up. Can you tell me a bit more about what Mark Contracting is all about and what you do? Yeah, sure. So we are a third generation family owned business. It was started by my grandfather back in 1926 to be exact. It was a company that was really started through the necessity to, to have cranes for the industry that they were in, which my great-grandfather had a foundry here in Sydney, and um, my grandfather went off and built some cranes, and it's sort of cranes have then been in our blood ever since, and so now we've sort of got a global reach now where we're involved in a bunch of different industries and a, a bunch of different regions, but primarily we're looking at providing heavy lift crane solutions. Everyone's obviously seen the cranes around cities, but I think you specialise in heavy lifting lufting tower cranes. And could you tell us what they are and talk about the type of cranes that you're involved with? We've sort of got a range of cranes, but the heavy lift cranes are something that we specialise in. So what we've really done is taken the heavy lift capacities of big crawler cranes that you'll see in big industrial sites, and we've put them basically on a big tower. We've taken the benefits of what the tower crane offers to a project, speed, compact, footprint, the flexibility of how you can use and reach across a project. And then we've injected into that the heavy lift capabilities of large crawler cranes. We've ended up with this sort of hybrid mix of a heavy lift luffing tower crane, which is really unique. And it's we're sort of world leaders in that. I know a bit about energy from waste. I know less about cranes. But when you say a crawling crane, it, tends to, it moves around the site. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct, Luke. Look, they're, they're cranes that are on tracks and they move around. They follow, I suppose, the work around the project. I mean, what we really do is we take a project and we put it into a plan view rather than an elevation view. So if you think about a crane that's located on the ground that's trying to build a structure in front of it and above itself, all sorts of complexities arise out of that, whereas what we've done is take the benefits of a tower crane where the tower crane sits above the project and then we've introduced this heavy lift capacity into the tower crane and then you get the best of both worlds and you get this really highly efficient way of lifting and it's a completely different approach about how you approach construction. Your suppliers to the construction sector, so you're in a unique position really, I think, to comment on the UK's EFW development currently. Where do you think we are? Past the peak, more to come, or is it something completely different? I think it's a really interesting market. You know, there's there's a long way to travel here. I think that we're really at the very beginning of this globally. I mean, obviously, energy from waste has been around for, you know, for decades. But I think that there's been a lot of pushback 
for various reasons for you know different communities not wanting energy from waste in their backyard I suppose and I see that UK market in particular is a lot more progressed than where the Australian market is I mean we've just finished an energy for waste project here in Australia over in Western Australia and it's really one of the first that's been done here um, whereas the UK seems to be a long way ahead and there seems to be a larger pipeline of work coming through in the UK. There does look that is a large pipeline and I'm guessing you think a lot of that will get developed because otherwise you wouldn't be talking to me and interested in the UK. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I can see that it is. I mean, we're bidding a lot of work. We're getting involved in early planning of, of some major projects there and, and yeah, it's real. I think there seems to be a less restraint on getting these projects across the line. I think there's still, you know, there's still issues in every country around it, but Australia seems to be really difficult for getting energy from waste up and going. You mentioned that some projects there, but I don't suppose you can name any names, can you, at this stage, or is it too early? I can't look up. Uh, it's, it's always. But you're going to see some of our cranes in the skyline around some major cities very soon. But yeah, we've won some projects there, which is fantastic. Sounds great. The International Monetary Fund recently forecasts the UK's GDP shrinking by 0.3% this year. I mean, the government here says maybe that won't happen, but it, the predictions are this economy here could perform worse than sanction hit Russia. So if the economy slows, construction normally feels it first. So is that a concern for you or is it just the doom is worrying? Well, I think there's some truth to that. You know, construction itself is very broad, isn't it? So it depends on what type of construction. I mean, what we generally see and we're seeing at the moment is there's a shift away from, say, residential construction, commercial construction. And there's a really big push around infrastructure. You know, the world has gone through a sustained period where infrastructure has been left behind and it's time to catch up. And I think governments around the world recognise that. COVID was a, a precursor to that in that governments were using COVID as a reason to start investing back into heavily into infrastructure. And, and we're seeing that everywhere. And I think the UK is a you know a great example of that. So sure, there might be a hit to construction, but I think the infrastructure side will sustain construction for some time yet. Hopefully. Obviously, we've touched on the problems a bit of developing EFW plants with the NIMBYs and stuff like that. But the other problem in the UK has been, I've heard one UK EFW company refer to it as the graveyard for EPC contractors in the sector. Now, obviously, you're dealing with those EPC contractors. Is that a worry for you here? I've heard that same comment. It can be. I think it depends on how contractors want to approach construction generally. And it's there's a, a lot of different ways that you can approach it. You can do it as a partnership. You can take a really stern procurement approach to construction. I mean, there's plenty of companies being really successful in similar environments. So I don't think that's a comment that fits for everyone. I think it's often when you're hearing that commentary, then I think it's time to look and see how do we change how we're doing things? How do we do things differently? Because there's opportunity there for, for those who want to be brave and, and want to look at how they do things differently. Have you seen the market changing a bit? The talks between the contractors' side maybe becoming a bit friendlier? No, probably not. Um, <laughs> so fair enough. <laughs> in, in my time in construction, which is over 30 years now, it's you know I've seen a big shift in the way that we're engaging with our clients. I'm sure, we are still doing the best we can do on site, but there's definitely a push at the beginning of the job around contractual wording. There's obviously a bigger presence of lawyers in, in contracts now, which is never helpful. It's a, yeah, it's definitely a different environment. Talking slightly differently, in Australia, 
you said last year you'd be the first such business to transition from fossil diesel to a diesel made from 100% renewable raw materials, which you can use as a drop in fuel. Is this something you can carry on in the UK or elsewhere, or does it need a more supportive policy framework? Well, we actually got the idea and, and you know, our initial steps were formed from what was happening in the UK, in the UK market, where we're seeing renewable diesel being adopted across the industry. And and in Australia, it was just not heard of. So, you know, we saw it as an opportunity for us to really make a difference to the industry and, and definitely to what we're doing. I mean, I mean, our cranes, our tower cranes in particular, unlike those that you see throughout the UK, are predominantly diesel engine driven cranes just because we can get more power and speed out of traditional diesel engines with hydraulic drives in them. We knew that we had to find a better way to, you know, from a sustainability point of view, and this fuel came along in the UK and we brought it into Australia, and it's really put us into a, a great position because now, now we've got a, a renewable fuel that's classed as zero emissions fuel source, and we can't get that out of electric cranes. Electric cranes in Australia, we still run 80% fossil fuel-driven generator power in this country. So no matter how you slice it and dice it, you still end up with this this problem around where your power is being derived from. So for us, it's been a really great addition that we can bring into the industry, and it's it's now starting to be adopted. It's been fantastic. That makes a lot of sense. There's always signs up around construction sites, isn't there, saying we're considerate contractors. And I'd imagine not having diesel engines or having them running on biofuels is another positive thing you can push out to the public when you're building these projects. Yeah, correct. And especially what we, we do with our like our particular equipment that we bring into a project, Like what we're all about is taking time out of the project. And, and we do that through how we integrate into the project with our cranes and also what they can do, how they can lift. So, you know, often clients will say to us about how many you need on a project and our response back to that is it's not about how many hooks you need it's about how many lifts you want to do and if we can reduce the amount of lifts by lifting heavier pieces and less of them we can reduce the amount of cranes we need on the job and we can also drive the program and and if you look at the carbon footprint that a site emits every day purely by being operational if we can take some days out of that which we do consistently then we're actually having a bigger effect on on reducing the carbon footprint than if than just you know by changing the fuel in our cranes is is quite insignificant compared to what we actually really do. If you really want to dig into it and get serious about being sustainable, then it's about how you'd reduce the program and that's uh, your program time on site and that's what we do really really well. We've touched a bit on the policy side, but anyone who wants to invest in the UK at the moment has a few more hoops to jump through since Brexit. But The UK and Australia now have the free trade agreement. Does that put a company like you in the driving seat perhaps over here? Obviously, Australia and the UK, is, we're almost one and the same in, in a lot of sense. Um, Wish we had your weather. Yeah, you're yeah, <laughs> not quite the same there. But yeah, like the, the free trade agreement, which was um, signed in December 2021, has been fantastic for a business like ours. I mean, like, I mean, one example of it is that, that it gives us access as an Australian business to large government-funded construction infrastructure projects in the UK. So, yeah, it's, it's great. And, and I think the other thing about for us working in the UK is that we're very similar culturally and from a legal sense as well, and, and I think even the way we construct. So, you know, obviously we're trying to bring some new technology into the, into the UK market, which we're doing, you know, we're doing successfully. But, yeah, the free trade, the changes to you know, how business was done previously and how it's done now under the free trade agreement is fantastic for us. I know obviously you're active in the UK, you're active in the Middle East, you're also active in Europe. Is the UK 
a sort of stepping stone to help you across to those areas or is it just part of your global ambitions? Our Northern Hemisphere business has run out of London. So we've got, a, we've got an office at London Bridge. We've got a, a team there who do a fantastic job for us and they're really looking after that Northern Hemisphere. So it's a great hub for us to sort of expand outwards into Europe in particular. We've been in the Middle East now for probably the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years. We've been very successful there. And there's obviously a, a big pipeline of work coming up in the Middle East. So um, that's something which we're currently involved in as well. Would you say is the Middle East now the key area or maybe is there more coming in Australia or is it somewhere else? Australia is extremely busy. There's been a big push here, especially uh, out the back of COVID. But even before that, we've had a, you know, the government's been spending a lot of money here on infrastructure, upgrading our transport systems, our roads, bridges, waste to energy that, at the very beginning of, of what's coming here. But there's a big pipeline of, of work planned here for that. Obviously, there's some roadblocks still in the way, but I think that'll free itself up. And then the other thing is the transition of the whole of the world to a more sustainable future, especially about how we're generating power. So for a business like ours, we're in a, a real golden patch at the moment. It's fantastic. So we're very excited about the future. You know, there's multiple regions we're involved in and there's multiple sectors we're involved in. So we're sort of touching a lot of different places and a lot of different sectors. It's, it's really, really interesting. That's a good way to put it. I like it. A golden patch at the moment. <laughs> um, we talked earlier about UK projects that you were in the process of getting. But are there any projects you're involved in currently you can talk to us about? We sort of spent three years at the uh, Hinkley Power Station project, nuclear project. We left there about 18 months ago. And so since then, we've been involved in bidding a number of large infrastructure projects, some power generation projects, but, but I can't actually name them at the moment. Because that, That's always... <laughs> One thing you'll notice about us is that when we're actually on a project, you can't miss us because we, we really stand out. So uh, this time next year, you'll definitely be able to see some of our machines operating. Maybe you could tell me a bit about the logistics, because I assume that compared to building a city centre tower block, an energy from waste plant is better logistically because they don't tend to be in, they are sometimes, but they don't tend to be in city centres. So I imagine getting the cranes in and out, when you see an energy from waste plant, is that an easier one? Yeah, with energy from waste plant construction, I mean, any plant construction, I mean, one of the big costs associated with a plant is especially when you've got multiple lines so you might be whether it's a you know energy from waste or it might be a, a lng plant for example a, a refinery or other, other types of you know, might be a power station and where they've got multiple units or they've got multiple different parts of the plant often what they're trying to do is bring those parts of the plant closer together to reduce things like cable runs piping runs to reduce the amount of land they have to occupy. And that's all really driven by how they reduce costs. Now, what we can do with our particular machines is because we don't need anywhere near the amount of footprint of land. I mean, like I always say to clients, I was talking to a client today about it, and I said, you know, if you can park two cars side by side, you can put one of our massive machines on a project. And so all of a sudden it now gives designers and engineers an option as to how they can reconfigure these massive industrial projects where they're trying to reduce cost and, and they can do that by bringing things closer together. So you have to go, haven't got to leave big gaps in there to service them, to construct them and to maintain them in the future. So energy from waste is a really good example of that where, you know, with what we're seeing is that a lot of these plants are being constructed in places close to where their material is coming from, which is obviously in urban areas. So 
they want to jam them in where they can into, into small footprints and that's where we can come in and add some real value because we can actually do the heavy lifting in super tight spots it makes me think there's one project down the i know you can't talk about the projects you're involved in but i'm based in london Corey's building a massive energy from waste plant next to its current site and you look at the site and it's it seems tiny but they seem quite confident and that's where we'll get involved in exactly a project like that where they might be bolting on a, an energy from waste to an existing facility and they've got no land and, and they're landlocked or there's there's other restrictions and that's exactly where we come in and we can really give them some equipment that'll smash their program the final question that i'm asking everyone on the burning issue is what's the question i should have asked you and how would you have answered it? Um, probably about how's the UK market in particular been as in receiving this new type of cranage and this new you know, solution that we're bringing to the market. And I suppose my answer to that would be that it, it's been a journey for sure. But what we're now starting to see is that people are thinking and our clients are starting to think really differently, which is exactly the journey we went through here in Australia where you know, when we, we first started to introduce these big cranes to the market, people used to look at us like we had three heads and you know, they couldn't quite understand, you know, why would we be doing this? And now it's the way that we're constructing here in this country. You know, our, the busiest part of our business is our heavy fleet and clients are really starting to see the benefit. And we're, just, we're now really starting to say, uh, you could use the analogy of a green shoot starting to come into the UK where we're really starting to get some traction there. But I think it's actually beyond that now because we're now starting to win work. Yeah, it's been really exciting. So I'm excited about the future, about what we can, how we can change the market in the UK. Now, that sounds great. And I, I know I said that's the final question, but I'll ask you one last one. As a journalist, when should I look out for another announcement from you? It sounds like it could be imminent. Ah, uh, Yeah, it is. It's not far away. We're in the final throes of a major project, which we've been verbally told we've won. So we're just going, we're just got to go through the contractual... Uh, stuff <laughs> and um, which we'll get through which is all great and then yeah it'll be up to the client we'll have to respect their wishes as to when they announce anything we'll cover it when we hear about it <laughs> yeah 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 we will be great Luke Simon thank you very much for joining me great thanks Luke thanks for having me all that remains for me to say is thank you for listening and if you like this podcast please do share it amongst your network or on social media it really does help and it really is appreciated and finally If you want to learn more about energy recovery, go to the website enswasteandbioenergy.com where you can sign up for our free newsletters or even take out a subscription if you want to.